0: The Chargers need to get on track this weekend against the Houston Texans and pull off a big W, and getting their running game finally going will be a huge key to doing it.
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by the birthday boy today, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for six seasons now, but we're heading to our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen to make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David your 38th birthday today
1: yeah yeah 38 of course I am definitely not 38
0: no it is David's 31st birthday literally as we're recording this because we always go too late so happy birthday to David and I'm sure the best thing that can happen for his birthday is for the Chargers to reverse history right come back and get revenge after that terrible loss in 2021 and get a win with David in attendance there's a couple things they got to do to get it done and I think David, you talked about a little bit yesterday on the crossover, but like if the Chargers can't get their running game going in this one, it may never get going. Right. And that is going to be huge, not only because they need to protect Justin Herbert. They didn't do it last week. 26 pressures last week alone in one game or 20. Yeah, that's insane. But that is going to be one of the huge keys offensively, defensively. There's a few different things you can go with here, but I think for me, it's who is going to step up as that second edge rusher now that Joey Bosa is gone. And also, maybe Brandon Staley, show us some of that defensive genius, right? Why don't you cook something up, Brandon Staley, for this game against the Houston Texans, unlike how it went last season. And We'll also get into our bowl predictions and our game predictions for this one. You know, David says they're going to win. David always says the Chargers are going to win. What do I think? Because I'm scared. But this episode is brought to you by Brightco. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance made buying insurance for your engagement ring your watch or whatever or whatever so easy you can get it covered in two minutes on your cell phone you won't find a better deal on coverage that's so affordable go to slash locked on so you guys can check out branko the best jewelry and watch insurance but david i mean the running game that's where it starts with this when the chargers are by far the worst rushing attack in the nfl now they're going up against a team that gives up 200 rushing yards per game and i know that the running game isn't always the most important thing. You don't have to be able to run the ball to win games. It feels like this means something a little different for the chargers this week.
1: It does. It does. And there is a very, very good opportunity for the chargers to get right on the ground through the first couple of games. They're only averaging around 59 rushing yards per game, which is absolutely pathetic. And it's really, really hard to get anything going offensively when you just don't get anything going on the ground because then your offense is really one dimensional and then defenses can really just sit back and just play the pass. And that's what they've done very effectively against the Chargers. The Houston Texans are giving up 202.3 rushing yards per game through the first three games. So Austin Eckler. Josh Kelly, hopefully, you know, only after getting only one carry for negative three yards against the Jaguars, when to me, he's clearly been the most explosive, most decisive running back on the Chargers roster through three games, needs to get a lot more carries. And early, I think it's going to be a good way to keep the chains moving, keep the Chargers offense on the field, and also a great way to protect Justin Herbert, obviously still nursing the rib injury, Daniel. So all of these things are going to be a benefit if the Chargers can get their running game going.
0: Yeah, I mean, the protection part is huge. And just setting up more sustainable third downs, yes. maybe even getting some first downs on running plays, maybe even Please. getting 10 plus yards on a rushing play, which the Chargers have only done one time this season. They are the only team in the entire NFL that does not have a 15 yard rush so far this season. Like that is crazy. Long We've seen some of bad 12 rushing by attacks. Josh Kelly. We've seen some bad rushing attacks by the Chargers, but this is, I mean, borderline historic levels that they put up through Abysmal. three games this year. And that's with Justin Herbert, our quarterback. There's no excuse there. If you can, target Kamu Grugier-Hill, someone who's missed five tackles already in three games. It did sound like yesterday when David was talking to John Hickman that maybe Blake Cashman is in that place now. We'll see. It'll probably still be somewhat of a split, but that dude has been awful against the run. I'd be absolutely targeting him. Awful against sure. the
1: pass, too, Well, <laughs> to <yeah>. be honest. <laughs> that's not, true, not- too.
0: Not, not great. But I think the other thing, David, here is, Jamari Sawyer, I think, lends himself to that game plan. And Jamari Sawyer is the Chargers left tackle going into Sunday. And that is another huge key for me is the new look offensive line holding up because we saw what it looked like last week. Maybe they get Corey Lindsley back. He is at practice this week. It looks great to see limited participant both days so far. That is awesome. But at the same time, I think what you get with Jamari Sawyer now is a physical presence you don't get with Storm Norton. I mean, he's a guard playing tackle basically, but the one place that can help you, is when you're trying to move people in the running game. And there's one thing that we saw from him it was him moving people in the running game in the preseason and at training camp. And that's just a massive physical presence now on that left side with him next to Matt Filer, who can also use a huge bounce back game, right? Hopefully that gets better with Corey Lindsay, but I think it is hugely important, David. I mean, I'm excited about the move for Jamari Sawyer. I do think that is, you know, the Chargers had to make a move there. Would I have liked yes. a free agency guy, right? And maybe even a swing tackle even now. Yes, yeah, I love but, that they're doing something different. Better, you know, better late than never. I guess you you feel like it should have already happened, but I, this new offensive line has to hold up this week.
1: It does, but I think you have to give the Chargers organization and Brandon Staley some credit for at least <laughs> acknowledging through this move that Storm Norton is not a, a starting NFL tackle in the NFL. He's a guy that just does some credit you know, maybe, does not need. Yeah to be out there full time. He's I think he's a, a decent swing tackle, but he, he can't be out there getting your quarterback killed. It, it just it just can't happen. And I think for Jamari Sawyer, a great way to get him going, get him involved early. Do, do a couple of runs uh, on the left side. Let him yeah. hit, pair up with Matt Filer and hopefully with Corey Lindsley, and, and really get comfortable, get in the game. This guy is a he's a house and he is yeah. ridiculously strong. He has Plenty of brute force. One thing that we saw repeatedly in college and in the train in training camp was him moving people against their will. He has that type of brute strength, and I love it. Um, uh, something I talked to a little bit about or alluded to was attacking the linebackers. Uh, Grunger Hill, like you talked about him against the run, against the pass, it's really really bad. 16 receptions on 19 targets, 159 yards. That's 84.2. Reception percentage. So if you get him out in coverage isolated on Austin Eckler or Gerald Everett over the middle of the field, you need to take that matchup every single time. He is a walking turnstile out there and in uh, pass coverage. And then Christian Kirksey also not not great either nine receptions on 14 targets. I think the linebackers are a liability that the Chargers need to exploit in this game.
0: Yeah, I like that, too. For me, my last one is about a specific dude, and it's about big Mike Williams. Because for me, what happened last week isn't good enough. From a coaching standpoint, you have to find ways to get in the ball better than that. Justin Herbert has to do a better job of getting in the ball. And Mike Williams has to do a better job, most of all, of getting open. But in weeks one and three so far this season, three catches, 25 yards, and one touchdown combined. That's two of the three games so far this year where he's been held. Less than three catches, less than 30 yards in both games combined that's a terrible game for him right combined if he just had one game if he goes three catches 25 yards and one touchdown this game I think it's a disappointment it is and that's what he did in weeks one and three combined I did this already once the where's Mike and I he ended up responding eight for a buck 13 and a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs the Chargers need that performance they can't have one where he is the guy especially David since we don't know what's happening with Keenan Allen who may at this point we don't know but have suffered a setback with his hamstring injury, which is brutal because he'd be a huge part of this game if he can play.
1: Yeah, because uh, unfortunately, there was a couple of reports of him leaving practice with trainers. Uh, Jeff obviously, Miller we don't from know what The L.
0: A. Times is the one. Just we got to give credit to somebody. Yeah, that Jeff Miller of the L. A. Times
1: and Nick Cothrill of Sports Illustrated, two guys that made that report of of Keenan Allen leaving with trainers in in practice uh, from yesterday, which obviously is never a good sign. But we're not going to sit here and speculate. We'll get the more. We'll know today. Yeah,
0: today, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yep. if if it's if he if he doesn't practice today, we'll, we'll kinda we'll have our answer because we know he's been limited all week, right? Yeah. So it's like if he gets downgraded to not participating in yeah. Friday's practice, which is a slower practice in general, it's not a good time for the Chargers. And, and it would just be it, it sucks because if there's anything you've seen the last few weeks, it's how important Keenan Allen is to you sorely the missed. Yeah. I mean, he's just he is the one of the heartbeats that you know, they only have one heart, but he, I think he is the heartbeat offensively and that wide receiving core. And they kind of go as he goes, and he is kind of the glue that holds this offense together the way that Joe Lombardi has been running it. But how about be aggressive for the second time in the last month? We've heard Joe Lombardi say he wished he was a little bit more aggressive in a game. There's only been three games so far, and he's sent it after two of them. Let's that cannot talk, Joe. be an excuse. More
1: action. Let's go. 100%. And
0: the thing is, is you do it by doing it on early downs, and I'll tell you exactly yes. why. Yes, you have a lot of pressure. They gave up 26 pressures last week. In weeks one and two combined, they gave up 21. In those two games, they gave up 26 last week. Obviously not good enough. Storm Norton was out there. But a lot of that's coming in true pass sets on – obvious passing downs if you're doing it on first down it's not as obvious they can't pin their ears back they can't send a bunch of stunts and twists they're not going to they're not going to send super aggressive blitzes more than likely you have to catch them off guard you have to know what their tendencies are make them pay and i think even if that's a couple of 50 50 balls to mike williams just trying to generate some offense i'm good with it if we don't see just the stagnant performances that we've seen especially last week in the second half of the kansas city game but the defensive side is going to be really important and i think it's time for brandon steely kind of put his money where his mouth is a little bit because even though he's missing guys David let's not you know act like there's not some diamond level players still on that side of the football because I mean you still have Derwin James you still have Khalil Mack you might even be getting JC Jackson back he will have plenty to do this David there's no excuses for him but there's also no excuses for you to not have any insurance on your diamonds and the best place to do that is Brightco. It's the best watch and jewelry insurance out there. I think all of us have seen those videos where someone's perfect, most romantic engagement set up only for the proposal to go terribly wrong in losing that expensive engagement ring in the process. I saw a video where a guy was proposing on a dock with his kid helping him, adorable, but the ring gets bobbled. It falls helplessly through the cracks and into the water. I really hope Really hope that guy was insured with Brightco. You have to save yourself from that potential disaster. But here's the lesson. You don't want to be that guy, and you certainly don't want it splattered all over the internet. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure that you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or just can't figure out what happened to it, like a lot of these cases. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover yourself with the best jewelry insurance in the business. All right, David. Well, I mean, it's hard to kind of parse whose fault it was last week between the offense and the defense. There's fault on both sides. It's everyone's fault. (laughs) Sure. I also get the theory, you know, hey, the defense was gassed towards the end of the game. That's when it got really bad. You know, multiple touchdown drives in a row, just kind of getting run all over. And the offense probably played a big part of that, just with the inefficiency and stalling out right there. Yeah. The defense still has to show up. And to me, the number one thing I think about is, who is going to step up? Because that's where the game shifted for me defensively for the Chargers. Even though you know everyone's giving Doug Peterson his flowers, and I think he called it a really good game. The Chargers were doing enough in the first half to keep they the were. Chargers in it. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like obviously, you have a, a bad turnover with sets up points. You have two turnovers that set up points. Yeah, they, so that's they were not really honestly they
1: were able to overcome you know w- with that performance
0: 100 no and like you get you know a ball at the seven yard line they start inside the seven yard line Chargers defense gets off the field and holds to a field goal by the end of the game right they've been out there all game they lost joey bosa you know maybe their best player defensively and that's obviously going to hurt you and then just you know all the quick drives by the offense getting nothing going is going to hurt you as well yeah they still had their moments especially early and to me it was when they made trevor lawrence uncomfortable so going into this one david i'd t- somebody has to step up at edge two, right? It, it has to be either Chris Rump. It has to be him or Kyle Van Noy. just because what they did last week when they filled in for Joey Bosa after he missed that game just wasn't good enough. Kyle Van yeah. Noy zero pressures and 13 pass rushing snaps, two in all of 2022 so far. Chris Rump, one pressure in 20 snaps. And you have Brandon Steele saying, hey, Chris Rump is ready for this spot. He's ready to play edge. But also I have Kyle Van Noy over here and I'm glad we did that. I mean, it's kind of, Talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit, but they have both those guys. One of those dudes has to step up. Both of those dudes have to step up because that was when they're at their best. If they can't force the pressure, it's going to cause some issues on the back end, even with Davis Mills.
1: Well, it's, hey, Chris Rump, this is what you did all of this offseason work for. Yeah. This, this is why you bulked up. This is why you got stronger, got bigger, got more physical. This is the reason why for your opportunity to be the guy opposite another star pass rusher you're going to get your one-on-one opportunities because all of that attention is going to be going to Khalil Mack. So you need to make the most of your opportunities. Use that quickness. Use that slipperiness that I know that you have. But also, I'd like to see them blitz up the middle. The center, former Chargers, Scott Questenberry, has given up two sacks so far in three games that they have played. And I think that is something that can be exploited. And I want to see Sebastian Joseph Day Reach into his bag of pass rushing tricks, and I want him to impose his will on Scott Questenberry. Get some pressure up the middle, because when Davis Mill Davis Mills is blitzed, his completion percentage is forty four point four. So it's
0: very very. That's bad. That's just when he's blitzed, not even just when he's pressured.
1: That's when he's blitzed.
0: Wow. Yes. I mean that's so, yeah. Usually the opposite of that. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. that's definitely a great key there.
1: Yeah, so get get pressure on him. Get If you can get it up the middle, that is fantastic because no quarterback likes pressure in their face.
0: Well, and that's kind of going to my point where like Brian Staley tried to pull out some stuff last week. He just, it didn't work, especially yeah. in that second half. He tried to blitz Derwin James. They didn't get home. I think blitzing interior-wise is a good idea here, especially because Laramie Tunsil was good, right? Like they He's do really have some good, good offensive yeah. linemen. And that's why I want Khalil Mack on the opposite side of that, dude, right? I want yeah. him going up against Titus Howard almost exclusively in this game. Because I think the other thing about Chris and Kyle Vannoy, they're going to get the easier right? Like they, they, they're going to get the side that doesn't get the help. They're going to get yeah. their one-on-one matchups to go get theirs. Right. Exactly. But last week, the, the blitzes weren't getting home and it seemed like Doug Peterson knew they were coming. Not yeah. and Not necessarily, but like they knew exactly where to go. They planned it perfectly. That's why for me, Brandon Staley needs to cook up a game plan in this one, yeah. right? That's one of the big things we've been talking Get about. creativity how, here. Sure, let's and I, I think that the de- everyone's forgetting that I think the defense played pretty well the first couple of weeks, right, after looking terrible last week, especially towards the end of that game. Yeah. But let's see it, right? You have plenty of pieces to devise a game plan to frustrate the Texans' offense. Last year, yeah. they were anything but frustrated. Brandon Staley, time is now. Cook something up.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, th- this is where you... Remind everybody why you are called the defensive genius, right? Right. This is your opportunity to go out there and use the great pieces that you still have. Drew Tranquil, a phenomenal blitzing linebacker. Seems like every single time he blitzes, he either gets close or gets home. Send him. Let's do some stunts. Let's do some twists. Let's get creative on that defensive line to manufacture some pressure Just because Joey Bosa is out does not mean that you have to throw the white flag up and say, I can't get after the quarterback. No, that is not acceptable. Use what you have and create havoc. It has to happen. One thing you need to be ready for in this game is a heavy dose of rookie running back Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is going to get the football a lot. And, you know, he's done pretty well, especially in that last football game. Throughout this season, 46 attempts, 183, excuse me, 183 yards, one touchdown. 162 of those rushing yards came after contact. So he is a physical running back. He also utilizes the spin move very, very effectively to gain m- many extra yards. Like I've seen him do it, and it seems like every time he does, he gets five to seven extra yards on top of his rush. So he's going to get the ball a lot. you got to be ready for it, and you got to snuff him as much as you possibly can.
0: The running back, I wanted the Chargers to get in the draft this year. Yeah, Damian Pierce is for real. I mean, and he, he seemed like he finally started fueling himself the last yeah. game a little bit because like he got he a little frustrated the first couple of games. The last game, he started breaking off those chunk yards that you saw a lot of in the preseason, right, yeah. and a lot from him at Florida, too. I mean, I'm more worried about Rex Burkhead. Do not let Rex Burkhead do anything in this game. That's the thing that's going to upset me the most. It's going to upset David the most. 22 carries for a buck, 49, two touchdowns. If I have forget. to hear
1: his name on the <laughs> coming out of the PA announcers voice oh, more yeah. than three or four times in this ball game, I am going to be pissed. Just that guy better do absolutely nothing in this game other than fumble and give the ball back to the Chargers.
0: Yeah, and that would be some sweet revenge there. But I think it just goes to the physicality. The Chargers got totally out physical in that last game. They did. And in both games this season, or two of the three games this season, they've given up a 50-yard rush. I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to say they're the only team in the league that's given up two 50-yard runs so far this season. Right, One to Clyde Edwards-Alaire in week two against the Chiefs. And then last week, you have the 50-yard touchdown to James Robinson. My last thing here. T- try to take away Brandon Cooks. Like, I yes. think if you're starting a defensive game plan, and you want to make Davis Mills a little uncomfortable, take that dude away because he has, he's by far the most targeted guy so far this season. 29 targets for him. The next closest guy is at 16. That means they're averaging almost 10 targets a game just to brandon cooks i think if you take away that security blanket i think that's going to shake up davis mills a little bit so i like that as far as getting him a little bit flustered and the other thing is is the only game they haven't lost because they are oh two and one because they have a tie on their record somehow the oh two and one is a, <laughs> a wild record to have but Such he had seven catches for 80 plus yards in that game so like the only game they really got him going is the only game they didn't lose sorry yeah. they didn't yeah the only game, yeah, they didn't technically lose. They just died, now, right? Yeah, they it's, just so. didn't
1: win. But yeah, they he's always, Brand, Davis Mills is always looking for Brandon Cooks. Twenty, Like you said, 29 targets. He's always trying to throw at him. But also, you know, he's hes a guy that gets first downs. He, he's got seven first downs for them so far. But also Nico Collins. That's the other kind of weapon uh, from the wide receiver core that you need to keep an eye on. He has good speed. He's a pretty good route runner. He has six first downs for the Texans through three games. So those are the two guys that they're looking to target the most in the passing game. If you take away Brandon cooks, you're going to make it a lot more difficult for Davis mills to get the ball into the hands of a playmaker.
0: Yeah. I mean, Brandon cooks, I, I mean, is the guy that scares me the most for sure. I think Nico Collins, I think I St. Brown, both those guys are pretty much just guys and you shouldn't have, I mean, if they go off, if, if those are the guys that beat you, but you take away Brandon cooks, I think you live with that. I I mean, I think that's a a favorable matchup for you, but Chargers have had many favorable matchups and doesn't mean it always is going to go according to plan. But we do have to put our money where our mouths are. You know what David's going to pick for this game, but you don't know what I'm going to pick and who I'm going to pick in this game. So we're getting to our bold and our game predictions coming up right after this. Time to get bold for this game against the Houston Texans. <laughs> David is going to the game for his birthday. Make sure you guys hit him up down there. If you're going to the game, make sure you slide into the at DrotocSD DMs on Twitter. He loves getting DMs from everybody. Yeah, but yes, David, it's time to get bold in this one. I, I'm a little gun shy because last week, I'm pretty sure I picked the Chargers to rush for like 120 yards or something like that. And I think they rushed for like negative 15 yards. So, I'll let you go first this week on the offensive side of things. So we're talking about offensive bowl predictions against a, I'd say a pretty average Texans defense. I don't think the Texans have a bad defense. That might be something that's not out there from watching them. I mean, Jalen Petrie, two interceptions last week. I mean, he was a dude that I liked a lot coming out of the draft. It was nice seeing that. I mean, it also was Justin Fields. So take that for what you will. I mean, it wasn't necessarily good passes, but at the same time, David, It's not a, you know, just, I mean, their run defense is terrible, but I think overall it's just a pretty average defense. Who do you think, what group, what statistic, what player do you think is going to go off for the Chargers offense this week?
1: Yeah, so a, a guy that you kind of talked about and you, you called out earlier in, in this podcast, and, and it's Mike Williams.
0: You're so going to steal my, my my call out? And my I, pro I, am, prediction? I am definitely oh,
1: not going to he steal is. it. I'm just messing with you. I'm actually going to go with a guy that I talked about who is going to have a very, very favorable matchup against the Houston Texans linebackers, and that is tight end Gerald Everett. Mm. I think Gerald Everett is going to have a very, very big game. In this one, I think feel like there's a lot of opportunities. There's nobody uh, on that defense that really scares me as far as in the secondary. They do have some good edge rushers, so you know it's going to be important to get the ball out pretty quickly. But I think Gerald Everett is going to have a lot of success to the tune of six catches, and I'm going to say two red zone touchdowns for Gerald Everett. I think it's going to be a good game for the tight end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think he has a good matchup from the linebacker perspective. I was going to pick Gerald Everett originally, though, but they've been pretty good against tight ends so far this year. The most yards they've given up by tight ends is 48. Give up 22 in week two, 40 in week three. They've been pretty stingy, but they also haven't played a very good set of tight ends so far either. And I think that makes a difference. I like Gerald Everett in this game as well, especially like him in the end zone and the red zone getting into the end zone for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Will. I called him out. He almost hit my bold prediction last time. I think I said seven for 130 and a 40-plus-yard touchdown. You were touchdown. really close. Yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. I'm going similar to that in this one. I'm going to say he goes six catches for 140 yards and one touchdown in this one. I think the Chargers need him. I'm hoping he gets you know one of those 50-yard bombs, throw it up, see what happens, especially if the offense is feeling it and you know kind of has things moving, or even if they're not. Give him a chance because I mean, yeah. it's better than just going forward, you know, three and outs where you're not throwing the ball past the first down marker at all. That's what I want to see. And get him Be involved absolutely.
1: early. Get him a couple catches on the first drive. I think that's when you get Mike Williams at his best. Get him yeah. involved, get him comfortable, get him warmed up early
0: on. And, and, if- you know, they go all out to stop Mike Williams a lot, like the Jacksonville Jaguars did last week. You're going to need some of those other guys to step up, right? Yeah. Whether that's DeAndre Carter, whether that's Josh Palmer. Maybe seeing Josh Palmer on more of those crossing routes like he got and had a bunch of yards after the catch last week. Obviously, in garbage time. So it's hard to say there, but I'd like to see him going with a full step ahead of steam again because I think there definitely is something there. Cause some confusion crossing across the middle, too. I'm going to go defense now, David, for my bold prediction. It might not sound that bold, but I think for the two guys that I'm going to be talking about, it is a little bit bold for this one. And that is, I think Kyle Noy and Chris Rump both get their first sacks of the season in this one. I think there's a lot being said about them specifically by me and how bad they were last week, at least as far as rushing the passer. I think they answered that this week. I think Khalil Mack is going to get the help on that side. They're both going to have some one-on-one matchups. And I see. I think we see both of them more Chris Rump than Kyle Noy, but I think both are going to have their chances. Maybe even Kyle Noy off ball as a blitzer up the middle, like you were talking about. So I think both of those guys get their first sack of the season on Davis Mills. I love it.
1: I love it. I mean, the Chargers need other guys to step up and get after the quarterback. You know Khalil Mack's going to be coming, but he can't do it all by himself. So the more help that he can get, the better it is going to be for the Chargers. Speaking of help, uh, I'm thinking that Sebastian Joseph Day is going to turn his pass rush moves on. He's going to reach, like I said, reach into those bag of tricks and be very disruptive, not only as a run stuffer, because I think he's going to help limit Damian Pierce to 75 yards rushing. That's for the Chargers defense as a whole. And then for him in particular, I'm going to say that he's going to get two sacks on Davis Mills in this game. Very, very big presence in the middle with that interior pass rush.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a favorable matchup there. I mean, I I like Morgan Fox in this one, too. Hopefully it's mostly, you know, SJD and Morgan Fox in there. Not as much Jerry Tillery, who somehow all. seemed to have taken a step back this year, which seems crazy. I didn't know he could
1: st- take a step back.
0: Yeah, so I, I want to see more Morgan Fox because I think that dude's been low-key pretty good for the Chargers on the interior. He's been basically their only interior pressure guy so far in 2022, so I want to see a lot of him. I want to see maybe even some Khalil Mack on, in the middle going up against guards or even yeah, going r- in we'll the rush a- him
1: against Kenyon Green. Kenyon Green's a rookie. I mean, yeah. hey— Test I mean, let Khalil Mack get after him. Like, yeah. let, let's see what you got.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you you have other guys you can kick out to the outside, right? Like Morgan Fox or Ramford four, Kyle Wayne So You have options. You can definitely rush them on the inside. But I think the the Chargers have just taken too long for some of those pass rushes to develop when they're doing stunts and they're doing blitzes and things like that. You need something that's going to get there and get there quick so they can't just hit a hot read, right? And now they're exposing you for not being able to tackle, which other teams have in the past. But David, you did say your score yesterday. Go and tell everyone who you think is going to win this one and why you picked it.
1: Yeah, so in this game, I expect the Chargers to be extremely pissed off, um, and they should be. They, they, they should be coming into this game motivated from being embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's exactly what it was. The, honestly, the Chargers were, are more talented than the Jaguars. The Jaguars showed up and beat them down. So that should be every source of motivation. Yes, I understand that they're they're hurt. They're dealing with some injuries, but that doesn't matter. They're still way more talented on both sides of the ball than the Houston Texans, and they need to show it in this game. They need to get their groove back, and I think they are going to do that. I see them beating the Houston Texans handily 31-17. to
0: <laughs> I respect you, you being able to have so much optimism after the Chargers getting the brakes blown off them last week. That's, you know... I, I, I have to I think they're going to
1: come back with a vengeance.
0: I mean, I, I just, I don't know how anyone can feel confident. I, I mean, first of all, you don't know if Keenan's going to play, right? Yeah. that That's a huge thing looming on there. We don't even know if Corey Lindsley's going to play. We don't even know if JC Jackson is going to play at this point. Yes, it's nice seeing them in limited participation, but we still haven't seen any of those three guys go through a full participation practice. It's yeah. Justin Herbert do it, which is great to see. But there's a lot of uncertainty in this, in the air right now. And the one thing the Chargers haven't shown me, right? is the consistent ability to beat bad teams even when they're playing bad teams. And there's no better example of it than last season when the Chargers took on the Texans in the COVID Bowl where everything was a little crazy. <sighs> and that's not to say they can't win. The Chargers are easily still the more talented you know, team here. They still have the much better quarterback of the two quarterbacks. They should have the better defense of the two defenses. They have a lot of advantages in a lot of places. They did against the Jaguars last week, too. The Jaguars, I think, are a much better team than the Texans. I, I, I think that's yeah. apples and oranges there. The Texans are 0-2-1. But like John Hickman said yesterday, the Texans have had a chance to win every single game that they played in. They're 0-2-1. You could argue they should have won each one of those games. So it's not like they're getting blown out. They're not some team that's just tanking you know, on purpose, at least, for a good draft pick. This is a team who's going to fight. I do think that last week was a wake-up call, though, and it has to be for the Chargers. And I think that it's not a must-win game this weekend against the Texans, but it does feel more important than any week four game should feel. The Chargers need to come out and win this one. I think they do it, but I don't feel anywhere as confident as you. I'm going to say 24-21 Chargers. They scrape out a win with missing, you know, while missing a bunch of their best players. I mean, tell me if you've heard that one before. But that is going to do it for today's show. Make sure you guys are back with the post-game show on Sunday. It'll be a little later because David is going to be going to the game at the Houston Texans stadium, but it is a 10 o'clock Pacific time game this weekend. So we're going to try to get one out later on in the evening and go live. Like we have been to but to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. If you want to tell David Joke happy birthday and find the show. You can do that only at one place. And that's at Joe SD on Twitter, where we post the show every day to all of our social media, and you can tell them happy birthday on there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and the show's page on Twitter at Lockdown Lac. You can find the podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast from every day, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. And if you like the show, make sure you rate and review where you, wherever you get your podcast from as well. We always really appreciate that. If you guys want to call in and leave your questions on the voicemail line, you can do that at 323-524-7924. Keep them around 30 seconds. Get your questions in there, and we will try to get them answered on Wednesdays, when we do our Chargers mailbag. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys for our post game show. Hopefully, the Chargers pretty please can just take care of a bad team and beat the Texans this weekend. But we'll be back with you guys on Sunday night. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.